Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. morning, church. Indeed, we have 10,000 reasons to praise the Lord and in Christ alone. It's good to be here with you today. I uh, don't know, there's many of you I already know, but I do want to say that uh, Patty and I have been missionaries and supported missionaries from this church uh, for many years now, actually since we left for Hungary, to go to Hungary in 2003. And uh, when in uh, 2003 we were, we were there, we were with the Budapest City team, and I transitioned after a few years over to help the Serve Europe team the, um, to serve missionaries, to keep missionaries on the field, to train them. And uh, during that time we, we did many different things, and Patty continued on in quilting ministry that you know about. So a lot of different things we've done during that time. Uh, and about six years ago, I transitioned back. Actually, we weren't sure exactly where we were going to go at that time, looking for the Lord to lead us. And uh, as that, those things developed, we saw that he, he led us to be stateside for, for a time. We're not sure we'll, we may go back sometime. Uh, we'd love to do that. Uh, it's in our hearts as well. Uh, but right now, uh, the best thing that I can be doing with uh, the church uh, for the mission is to help connect churches to mission opportunities overseas. So I get the advantage of knowing what's going on overseas, not only in Europe, but also in the other divisions we have in Africa, Latin America, Asia. Uh, it's just the way that, that uh, we have information flowing back and forth. I know what's going on, and I know what churches are doing, and I get the opportunity to connect those uh, opportunities where they can, can do mission work. Uh, so this morning, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, Acts 1-8 as a model uh, as we reach here, there, and everywhere. So by now, after the last three weeks, you've heard the mission statement of the church. Our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. And I get to... Uh, Talk to you about reach and uh, being from Reach Global, that always works really well. <laughs> so um, I want to, uh, it's, it's amazing. I look at that, this particular statement about uh, our mission statement, and it lines up so well with what we do as the EFCA, as the Evangelical Free Church of America. And uh, you've heard Matt preach on that. He preached through that last year. He's taught classes on that. And this mission statement lines up so well with uh, this uh, aspect of it. So today we're going to deliberately look at uh, Acts 1-8 and see how it applies that fourth objective. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, just, man, it's amazing to hear what Brandon has, has uh, given forward as a testimony of what has happened this past week. Um, that in itself is a message, and it's amazing to hear. We praise you, Lord, for that and for the other things that are going on uh, in this church Lord, I pray that you will use this time to uh, reflect on what you've done, 
but also help us to see where we need to go into the future using this mission statement as a guiding as a, as a guiding light beside your word. Lord, as we look at your word, help us to use that uh, to examine our hearts where our hearts are, that we, our heart may match yours. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, I'm going to look at five things. We're going to look at, uh, first of all, Acts 1-8 as a model for reaching the world. Uh, because in reaching the world, we help each other mature as disciples of Christ, and then we give glory to God through that. Uh, you're going to hear some examples of how we do this in Reach Global. And then I'm going to say a little bit about how our, our ministry, for, for Patty and I, how our ministry intersects with that. And then we're going to consider some practical ways of how we use that Acts 1-8 as here locally uh, in this church. And, and then finally, I'm going to tie together what we've learned over the last four weeks and uh, actually do... Uh, some aspects of it. That's what you have a, a envelope for. Don't touch that yet. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, so let's get started. I want to first talk about a little bit about the context of of what we have here uh, in Acts one eight. So Acts, the larger title of that is going to be Acts of the Apostles. <clears throat> I've heard it more correctly said, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because you look at it, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit throughout. Throughout, throughout Acts. And then this is just prior to the age of the birth of the church. So as far as the Acts of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost is going to happen in the second chapter of Acts. And uh, we're looking at the first chapter of Acts. So this is just before uh, the church, for the last epic starts of the church and missions begins. And then also, you're going to hear uh, Samaria mentioned a lot. And we need to understand in that time period... Samaria was probably considered worse than, well, was considered worse than the Gentiles for sure. It was like the the enemy uh, that they looked at and said, "Okay, well, they're they're the failures." They're, and we we do that for just a little bit. We we look at uh, others sometimes and go, "Yeah, I know Christ came for everyone, but maybe not that one." So we're going to take a look at that and uh, examine that in our own hearts and just to see where where is it we consider our Samaria. So let me, um, let me go ahead and read this now. And I'm going to start in Acts 1. I'm going to start chapter 3, or verse 3, sorry. And I'm going to go through verse 11. So you want to turn there. So Acts 1, 3. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command: "Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." So when they met together, he asked him, "Lord, are you going at this time to restore the kingdom of Israel?" He said to them. It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After, this, he, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky 
as he's going. Then suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the very same way you've seen him go into heaven. So in the text flow, we see here. Um, there you go. Sorry. In the text flow, Luke continues on from his account in the Gospel of Luke and uh, the crucifixion. So uh, this is Luke uh, describing these things. And of course, you remember the disciples were confused about exactly what was going on from the the Hebrew history here. They thought the Messiah was coming going to restore, restore the kingdom, and they were going to be, you know, the rulers of this new kingdom. It's going to be a kingdom established there. If you, if you think that's not true, look at the Garden of Gethsemane when, when Peter pulled out the, the sword to defend and be ready to say, here comes the kingdom now, right? So uh, they're still thinking this as you read through this text, that this kingdom is going to be established right now. So, but instead of our own strength, uh, that we would say, let's go defend and take on the kingdom right now, verse 8 demonstrates that we live by the Holy Spirit's power. And it's not just us doing it, but it's through the Holy Spirit. We need to wait on the Holy Spirit. And reading on in verse 9, we see that Jesus has now ascended to the heavenly realm. Uh, watch him go. And if you can look, you can look through all of like the Old Testament, and you can look at our own lives, and we see something spectacular happened. You know, this event happened. This great vision happened. This parting the Red Sea. That whatever They're going to establish something and say, let's just stay right here because we just saw God work right here in this spot. But we forget that God's a living God and he says, but I got something for you to do over here. You know, we it's a continual thing. But there's this tendency to say, we saw this spectacular thing right here. Let's stay here. And and then the the men probably... Angels, we're assuming, were dressed in white, said, hey, uh, move on. The show's over, you know, basically. Like, you know, he's instructed you what to do. Wait for the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a time, but um, move on. Move on with life here. Uh, don't don't establish some kind of a tabernacle right here because this isn't the, mess, the best thing. The best thing is still to come. So there's a little bit of a context there of where we're at in Acts 1.8. Um, as we look at that. Now, this next slide I'm going to show, uh, I would like to describe a bit about that. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to see everything here. I'm going to go um, quadrant by quadrant uh, in the next few minutes. So don't be disturbed if you can't quite see everything on here. But it takes these four areas of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth and kind of puts them in some categories. So from top to bottom, we'll see uh, Jerusalem and Judea on top. Now, that's a similar culture to what these Galileans had. Uh, they, they had this as a, um, this is, this is one section, but if you look at the other section, Samaria and the ends of the earth was not anything like the culture they had. So that, there's a similar and dissimilar. And on the other side, uh, we look at the near and the far. And, uh, Judea, although Judea was right there with Jerusalem, but you might have think about Galilee in the context of, hey, you Galileans, uh, you're going to go to Judea, you're going to be witnesses there, you're going to be witnesses to the ends of the earth, but you're also going to work here close by, right here in Jerusalem, you're going to work here right close by with Samaria, oh, Samaria, 
it's going to show up here. <laughs> like, uh, and they were like, why would, why would God come to help Samaria? Well, he's wanting to reach all the people. God is God of all the people. I want to say for this, um, this diagram was put forth by Kevin Compline. He's our president of the EFCA. And I, and I mentioned that I, I want to give you a little bit of a piece about who Reach Global is, who we are as a church. So this church is in the uh, Great Lakes District part uh, of the EFCA. There's 17 districts throughout the United States, and we have 1,600 churches. So this church is part of a bigger group. Now, not only that, this church is a part of the kingdom of God, and we work together with all other churches and denominations that, that promote uh, the word of God as the authority and promote and, and say the gospel is the only way, Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal salvation. So we work with other churches as well, and that's true for Reach Global. When we go overseas, we work with Ethnos 360. We work with, uh, we work with, I won't mention all the names because I'll, I'll leave out too many, but uh, we work with others. We're kingdom people. And uh, so those are not our enemies either. Those are our partners, and they're on different paths uh, leading toward the same thing of glorifying God. So with that as a background, let me look at each of these areas and talk a little bit about that and how each of those quadrants we see some some work going on. So if we look at Jerusalem... Um, in Jerusalem, and, and to, to contextualize that a bit and think about our own Canton as well, uh, we have this fulfilled in the short term, um, and I will not go to, for sake of time, I'm not going to go to each of these passages, but you can look at Acts 6, 1 to 4. Uh, in those days, um, there were some work going on, and uh, there are brothers and sisters. This comes in the time of Stephen. And um, so the apostles were doing their work. They were praying. They were devoting themselves to the word. And there were some being ignored. And Stephen came forward. But basically, you can see that Jerusalem was being reached. You know, that Jerusalem was being reached in a short time. And uh, nothing of this is saying that one gifting is more important than the other. So the prayer, the what the apostles were doing with preaching... And the serving, they're all on the same plane. They're all, they're all equal. And the other short term is Judea. And we get up to the point of thinking that contextualized might be Fulton County, or Fulton County might be your Jerusalem. And then a little bit further out would be Illinois or the United States. We're going to reach those that are similar to us, but a little bit further away. Uh, not, not necessarily right here in our own town. So that's the context of this. For Reach Global, we, we do this in the context of serving our missionaries. We have pastors to missionaries that go and serve our missionaries to make sure they can stay on the field, they stay healthy. So we're doing that in that context. In the short term, for, for what we see um, this being fulfilled in Acts, Acts 8.1 says a great persecution broke out among the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout um, Judea and Samaria. And, and I, I actually I just caught that this morning, like, all except the apostles. The apostles actually stayed in Jerusalem, and the others were scattered out. To, it's like, that was an interesting fact. Because if you catch that, 
We might take Acts 1.8 as, well, the apostles are going to do these things. Well, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, and the others were scattered out. So this is for everyone. This, this, uh, this being witnesses throughout Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth is for everyone. And then it continues on, if you skip down to Acts 8.4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So you see that already it's being uh, spread out that way. So in Samaria, another culture that's close by but different, uh, that's, this is a little bit more tricky to understand, but there might be people in your own community that are represented by Samaria. They seem culturally different than you. There might be those just in a neighboring town that seem different than you as far as the culture goes. Uh, I could basically put it this way. Um, sometimes in Scripture you'll say, well, nothing good would come out of Galilee, nothing good will come out of Samaria. How would you fill in that blank? Nothing good ever comes from... That probably tells you where your Samaria is. <laughs> yeah, So we, and we do that. And then finally, in the ends of the earth. In the ends of the earth... Of course, in the ends of the earth at that time, well, we know that the Apostle Thomas went the furthest. He went to India, uh, maybe in the Calcutta area. Anyway, he went to India. He went the furthest of all the apostles. But so in that time, India, uh, Spain, some of the northern countries were known. But, you know, they didn't even know about this, this particular continent that we're, <laughs> that we're living in here. So the ends of the earth at that time weren't even known. And for us, that has a whole different reflection. So it, it might be another culture, especially as, as Brandon had talked about today, there's cultures that do not yet have the word of God in their, in their own tongue. So there's places still to reach that are the ends of the earth. And that's going to continue on. Uh, my reference there is Rev- Revelation 7, 9 to 10. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude and no one, that no one could count, from every nation, tribe and tongue and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing the white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice. So revelation, salvation belongs to our God. Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So at that point, this is revelation. Uh, this is where we where we're getting to. Uh, praise to God, glory to God, and that's where we want to get to. As a reach global example, I'm trying to give a, a Bible verse that backs us up, and then how we're doing this in Reach Global. In Reach Global, you've heard of global fingerprints. We've had uh, Greg Norwine come here and speak about global fingerprints. So we have those in Liberia, Haiti, India, Congo, Vietnam. And we've got a new program called End Scriptural Pro- Poverty that's working in the Central Africa area to bring scripture to 70 different languages. And so that that's going on right now. But we're, we're getting to the ends of the earth uh, through Reach Global as well. <clears throat> and there you go. So just in the context of uh, different ways that we uh, do this in Reach Global, I wrote out to, um, in Yammer, it's, a, a social, it's not a social media, it's a business media basically, and asked our different missionaries to say, hey, how are you serving uh, right now? And I got a lot of answers, and the whole idea of this is not that you can read this. 
And this is uh, probably a 5% list of all the things that are going on. I'm going to read through some of these. But as you, as you hear these things, think about how you might also uh, be part of that. Uh, as Ren said, could you be a missionary or could you be praying with those that are doing these things? There's traditional pastors, there's leading international churches, Bible study leaders, teachers, school director, coffee shop director, various sports venues, fighting human trafficking, tent making in creative access countries, businesses, missions, mentoring and coaching, uh, various roles in seminaries, crisis response assistants, English as a second language teachers, youth camps, medical education and medical care, doctors, nurses, physical therapists, etc. Special needs and abandoned children's ministries, coming alongside pastors in mentoring and coaching, international student outreach, online mission course instructors, international church initiatives, I'm going to skip down a few, artists, working with orphans and vulnerable children, working with church leadership and caring for the planet, developing partnerships, writing, missionary care, as in our pastors and missionaries. It goes on and on and on. I like to actually say, well, you tell me what God has given you a passion to do, and I'll tell you how it's being used in missions. If we find something that's not being used in missions, well, you've got a calling, don't you? So, uh, yes, there's, we can go on and on with examples of all the ways that uh, mission work is being done these days. And then our ministry actually intersects as well. Uh, we have a ministry called the Point Person Initiative. With that, we have a person in a church that's step forward and say, I'll be your point person. And each month, they get a newsletter with one action point. And so they read that, take the action point, and they grow. And a lot of that is interacting with the people that come to church every Sunday but don't really know what we do in Reach Global. Like some of those, all those lists you heard might be new to you. Well, we're trying to get more of that education out to people. We have something called Crafting Your Mission Strategy that uh, I and, and uh, a few others of us lead for churches. So some churches don't have, uh, haven't set forward a, a mission strategy. How are we going to do missions well? How are we going to do this in a way that doesn't duplicate other things? And so we have that as a seminar to do. I lead uh, with others an online healthy mission uh, partnership course. It's an online course. And then uh, just other things we do. We have online resources. We do crisis response. I've traveled a few times with the crisis response team. We start doing work in Louisiana and in Texas. A lot's going on. We just have new staff out in Paradise, California, helping them to still recover from the fires. And we have some work going on on the East Coast as well. We might want to have a team that goes there sometime. I'd be glad to travel with you. Global Fingerprints, I mentioned. That particular program helps care for the needs of, of children at risk but at the same time builds them up to a point where as they go through the program, they will be our future church leaders in places. So it actually leads straight into church planting. And then we have district connections. Our focus right now, this particular year, has been connecting more with all the districts that we have throughout the United States and helping them know what missionaries are there to be supported, how they can connect with them better. So there's so many, so many different things and different aspects of what we can do with that. Let's go into that fourth area, like how are practical ways, how do we apply this Acts 1-8 right here? Uh, so we, first of all, I think we're going to have to acknowledge that change is needed to happen. And if, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even more. So you can say, these are things are going really well right now, but if, if you just keep doing the same thing, eventually 
other things will change and you'll become irrelevant. And we don't want to do that. So practically speaking, how might you reach the new segments in your Jerusalem and the city where you live, where you work, where you shop, where you serve? Uh, can you help one another meet those needs? It is so important to understand what are the obstacles that are maybe stopping you uh, from actually accomplishing that. And once you understand what the obstacle is, maybe you can remove that obstacle and move forward with it. So you might be saying, yeah, I could do this except for, that's an obstacle. And uh, if you can remove that obstacle, you will be able to push forward on this. And we, and this is one aspect, the reach, and we know that we have worship, grow, serve, along with reach. And so let's, let's look at that. I want to, um, there's another piece I want to talk about, and as you look at each of the times we talked this past four weeks now, there were aspects everybody, I think, said, maybe you start with prayer. And I think we said that in all of those. Uh, prayer is so important. Ask the Lord to see how he's guiding you on these things. Another aspect I think I've heard in all of them, whether it's worship, grow, serve, or reach, is where's our heart attitude? Where are we at as far as our heart? Do we have the heart of God in this? And as we look at this, we might know how to do the what and the how. I'm also borrowing this from Kevin Conflin in his EFSA 1 talk. We do know how to do the what and the how. The what is to worship, grow, serve, and reach. The how we do it is helping each other. So we can do pretty good at that. We do all those things. We do it together. But if we forget the why, we miss it. We miss the whole boat. The why is to glorify God. There's a destination we're trying to get to, and that's to glorify God in what we do. If we can do all the other stuff and not and leave that part out, we really missed the boat. And that's ex- there's examples of this over and over in Scripture. You can look at the prodigal son. Why do we just only look at the prodigal son? I can say that. Do you remember there's not two brothers? There are two brothers in the prodigal son, right? What was the other brother like? Look, Father, I was doing all this. I've been here. I've been doing all these things, and this is how I do it. He forgot the heart part. He didn't have the Father's heart in it. And that's the why. If we don't understand where we're trying to get to to glorify God, we miss the boat. The prodigal son went through a transformation and then had the heart of the father and understood where he was at. And the older brother still didn't get it. So we need to not miss that aspect of it. So I'm going to tell you a quick story. I hope that doesn't this doesn't distract from the message this morning. Hopefully it will add to it. So uh, Uncle Charlie and his knife... And his wife, Nell, were going to go on a plane trip. And he, uh, it, was, it was a trip took about six hours. I don't quite remember the destination, to tell you the truth. But it was going to be about six hours. So they got, they got on the plane. They didn't understand this first flight. They really didn't understand much about uh, what kept the plane in the air, what, what TSA was all about, or any of that. You know, They just got in the plane. They got, got going. And uh, just in a few minutes, short time, the pilot came on and said, hey, welcome aboard. we got a six-hour flight. Sit back, relax. Well, in about another 30 minutes, he came back on. He said, oh, just want to inform you guys. Uh, not, not a big issue here, but we, we lost one of our four engines. Uh, not, we'll, we'll still make it, 
but uh, it's going to take two hours longer. So we got a six, an eight-hour trip. And, uh, oh, okay, well, it was kind of quiet on the plane, understanding that. Well, in another hour, he came back on and said, oh, I hate to inform you of this, but we, we lost another engine. It's okay. We'll still make our destination. It's going to take a couple more hours. Yeah. Well, this happened again a third time, and he said, I'm sorry, we, we lost our third engine. It's going to take us another two hours. We're, we're looking at like a 12-hour trip now, right? He finished talking about that, and Uncle Charlie turned to his wife. He said, hey, hey Nellie, if we lose that fourth engine, we're going to be up here all night. Well, no, you won't be up here all night. <laughs> we know that. But it did seem like that. And um, I use this illustration as something. It's, it's nice that there's four engines here because I had four, four particular uh, areas that we were looking at today. And we have four uh, pieces of worship, grow, serve, and reach. And we want to keep all those engines running. There's a lot of different things I can pull out of that particular story. One of those is, once you're already flying, yes, maybe you, you're going to be able to coast all right and make it there. And maybe you don't need to have everything going. But if I'm sitting on a tarmac and the pilot says, hey, one of our engines isn't going and we're going to take off anyway, I'm like, what, wait, what, no, right? Um, I literally actually had a plane trip. It wasn't... No problems with the plane, but there was problems with getting enough planes up and getting them all landed. And, they, and he said, it's always better to be on the ground wishing you were up there than up there wishing you were on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, the idea of the airplane is airplanes go into a hangar to get fixed up. New equipment, they get equipped, they get maintenance, make sure it's all running well. The building here represents a hangar. If you like cars better, it represents your garage. Uh, not your garage, but maybe the garage where you get things fixed up. And we want to bring people to Jesus, not just bring them to church, right? This is We bring them to church, but we really need to bring them to Jesus. So the whole idea of the airplane is not to get it to the hangar. The idea of the airplane is to get it to your destination. You want to go to some certain place. Bringing in the hangar is great. We want to make sure it gets to the destination. So we get equipped here. We get charged up. We worship here. We encourage one another here. But the whole idea is to get out there. Right? That's where, that's where the action happens. That's where the destination is. So the other part of that is the, the engines are like synergistic. One helps the other out and they, they get going where they need to go. They get the thrust that gets you into the air and gets you moving on to your destination. And I know that we aren't all experts in, you know, worship and serve and grow and reach. We're not all going to excel in all those areas, but we have each other. That's the helping part. We help each other to do this together. And that's how we're going to get to the destination. I want to say just in the past four weeks, so our worship for the week, it doesn't end here. The worship happens throughout our life as we, as we grow, as we serve, as we reach. That's what Alex Rodriguez said. Pastor Matt talked to us about the good soil and cutting off the vines when we were trying to get back out into the world. You know? So we need to be rooted in the good soil. 
that's where we're going to realize uh, that sometimes we need to do some pruning, but this is what's going to actually help us to do other things well. And it's not all bad to serve one another here, but as Brent Russler taught us last week, we need to follow Jesus. He's the leading way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to be God's witnesses here, there, and everywhere for ourselves. So as we worship our sovereign God, he will give us opportunities to grow in our faith, to serve in our community, and to reach our neighbor. When we grow in our faith, we can't help but worship our loving God, our Heavenly Father, and serve one another, and we'll naturally reach to help others grow as well. When we serve in an area that God has gifted you, not an area that's hard, it's an area that he's going to give you a passion for. When he's gifted you in that area, you're going to continue to grow in those gifted areas. And you're going to desire to reach to others. And all along the way, it's going to be just natural for worship to outflow from that. And when we reach near and far to those that are like us and those that are different from us, we will understand God's heart for the nations to worship him. And we can't outserve him no matter where we are and we'll grow in his likeness of Christ, no matter the, what difference we have of others. So Acts 1.8 teaches us uh, to reach here, there, and everywhere, and what changes must happen for you to reach your neighbor. Uh, I'd, we're going to um, go into an application phase here, and, and this is the time when you will actually use the card here. Uh, so we, you've been provided with a card, and maybe you've been challenged, and, and maybe it'll take a little while still to, to pray about this. Uh, we're actually going to have a song to help you just kind of reflect on that, uh, to open your heart toward God. Um, as you do that, maybe there's one area. It's not limited. You can check more than one. But check one area that you're really, God has taken you through this past four weeks that you think you need to grow. And then maybe a specific way that you're uh, committed to work on this. Uh, here's some other questions. How might you partner in, to encourage one another? So we're doing this together, remember? We're helping each other. And uh, how could ministry look for you in five years from now? How might that look different for you? And then uh, at the end, we're going to collect this in the back, and then it's going to be mailed out to you again probably in uh, just a few weeks in August sometime. But what, what this will do is you're going to write something down that you're committing to the Lord. You can continue to pray about that. Maybe continue to start to do action on it. And then in a few weeks, you'll get this and go, oh, yeah. This really is uh, something that's helpful. Uh, let, me, let me pray, uh, and then we'll have a song, and you start reflecting upon this and how to do this well. Lord, we pray that uh, you're going to open the eyes of our heart, Lord, for the world as, he's, um, as, as you've given us, Lord, to how to worship, how to grow, how to serve, how to reach our neighbor, whether their neighbor is across the fence across the county or uh, across the ocean. Lord, how can we uh, continue to grow and be mature disciples of Christ? Lord, we pray that uh, this time, these past weeks, will have given us something to work on. Uh, We need to continually grow. We need to remove obstacles from our lives. We need to continue to see how you're living our lives. Lord, we, we praise you that we know that you're coming back again, returning as as it was said there in Acts 1, may we be ready for that day. Uh, may we be ready for that day to glorify God. We're going to do that together, Lord. Help us in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.